Welcome to a brand new episode. Mike Driscoll, The Python Show. Hello and welcome to The Python Show. I'm your host, Mike Driscoll. And today I have two very special guests, Martha and Jake of the Mito Project. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. I stumbled across your project fairly recently, and I thought you guys would be really good to be on the show and just talk about it. But first, I'm going to ask you some more introductory Python-type questions. So would you cool. mind uh, telling me a little bit about yourself and your journey to programming? Yeah, so I, I'm Martha. Uh, I'm the first engineering hire at Mito. Uh, so my main work in Python right now is uh, working on Mito, which is a web app. Um, I have had a pretty long journey with Python so far. It was the first coding language that I learned around 10 years ago. Um, it was like in high school uh, that I took my first introductory coding course in Python and then uh, continued to use it in, um, I, I studied computer science in school. Uh, so, for example, in my algorithms class, we were allowed to choose whatever language we wanted to implement the algorithms, and I would choose Python. Um, nice. And, yeah, and then in the last few years, I've been uh, working on JupyterLab and extensions for JupyterLab before joining Mito. Um, so I actually was working more on the front-end side of that, but obviously interfacing a lot with Python um, through my work on JupyterLab and uh, and learning a lot about sort of data science packages like pandas and um, numpy and uh, yeah and now I'm I'm more full stack at Mito and working on uh, the back end of our product uh, in Python so that's my most recent work with Python and I actually have like a, a really long family history with coding. Uh, my grandmother was the first woman to get a master's in computer science from Mississippi State University, like in the 70s. Um, Ooh, wow. My mom studied uh, math and business and ended up being a, a coder a lot in the 80s too. Uh, so yeah, it felt like uh, something that I always had kind of in my path uh, from a, a pretty young age. But, yeah. They probably have some neat stories about punch cards and COBOL and Absolutely. all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. I just looked up the Mississippi State mascot. It's Bully the Bulldog. So. Yep. Bulldog. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. I introduce <laughs> myself too. I'm, I'm Jake. I'm one of the founders of Mito. I'm technically the non technical awesome. founder. So my journey with Python is a little bit different. I never took any coding classes, I took business classes undergrad, I was a finance major. Um, and Mito is all about transitioning spreadsheet work to Python and bringing spreadsheet users to Python. So that was kind of me. I was a spreadsheet user. I struggled with the problems of spreadsheets, the pain points of spreadsheets. We can maybe talk, go more into that later as we talk more about the package. But um, my two co-founders are technical. One's my twin brother and the other, that's Aaron. And my other co-founder, Nate, is uh, our good friend from middle school to high school. We all went to college together and started building Mito right around when we graduated uh, in, in, uh, nice. in 2020. Um, so for me, it's really my most of my experience with Python has actually been around working on a Python package and, and you know, trying to grow a community around that Python package as opposed to being a 
practitioner beforehand, um, which I've, you know, I've really enjoyed that, uh, that perspective. That's really cool. I, li- I like hearing about people who don't come from a programming background who still pick it up anyway, because they, yeah. their journey is very different compared to like myself and Martha's who, you know, we wanted to dig into it, you know, starting in high school or maybe even sooner. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one of the big differences there is like you you kind of pick up the things on an as needed basis. So it's like, okay, I need to fi- I have this project like you know as we're working on this package, I need to export some data to Excel. Like I need to I need to go learn that as opposed to learning things like you know learning variables first. Like I kind of skipped all that, and then it's like more on project basis, um, oh, yeah. which is a an interesting way. Like I'll like learn web scraping before I learn how to write like a conditional statement because I just needed to do some web scraping. Yeah. <laughs> The, the funny thing about uh, learning it that way is then you find out later, oh man, my code could be so much better now. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recommend it <laughs> as, a, uh, Again, as I, a way to learn. My brother is a network engineer and so he's picking up programming, you know, on the job. And so he's, he's doing that too, where he's like, I don't know what variables are, or I don't know what loops are. And so he has to learn that to figure out whatever his problem is. But I know how to make a pie chart. Everyone knows how to make a pie chart. It's mm-hmm. like further, but no one, but nothing before that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we already covered what you guys use Python for, because you're making cool yeah. spreadsheet apps. So I won't ask you guys about that. But uh, what are like your favorite Python modules right now or packages besides, you know, the one you're you're working on? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned JupyterLab, technically a Python package. Um, I do spend most of my time, Mito is inside of JupyterLab, um, among other things. So I spend a lot of time with that Python package. And then recently, having gone more into the backend side, I'm I'm doing a lot more implementing using Pandas. And as like a front engineer, I was kind of interfacing with pandas every so often, but not really digging into the syntax and everything and and like all of the functionality. And it's been really um, interesting and engaging to like get to know that side of it more. Um, and, And like as a JupyterLab developer, I've done a lot of interfacing with the users, of course, and always, I mean, pandas is so ubiquitous. Um, but I, I never really had that, that level of like relating to what they were doing. Um, and it's been, it's been really fun. So I guess I'll say pandas, um, or Jupiter lab. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'll, uh, I guess I'll start, I'll shout out the two packages. I think we interact with the most at Mito. The first (laughs) is Plotly, uh, huge fans of Plotly. I think probably my favorite graphing package. I think the graphs that you can create are great, but the level of interactivity that you get with those is pretty unmatched, in my opinion. Also, you know, really gotten to know the Plotly team over the years and really like the way they work and the company they have and the open source emphasis they have and nice. you know, definitely big fans of them. And then the second is Streamlit. So we launched Mito as a Streamlit component recently. Okay. Um, and Streamlit, I think, is doing some of the most innovative work in the open source Python space. Um, also really love the community that they've built there. and. Um, yeah, a similar ethos to us. It's like how do how do you take the Python infrastructure you have and make it available and usable and helpful for mm-hmm. um, maybe a less technical audience um, and yeah. you know, allow them to reap the benefits of Python. So big fans of both of those. And then maybe outside that, um, 
you know, this cool AI packages recently we saw, like Jupiter AI is something we were actually we first met Martha at JupyterCon in Paris mm-hmm. in May. Nice. And Jupiter AI was doing some really cool stuff. Um, so uh, shout out, uh, shout out them and uh, lots of other cool packages out there. Huh. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Jupiter AI. That sounds like a cool tool. Does that yeah, interface with like Chat GPT or Bard or does, do you guys know? Yeah, Martha might know more about it than me, actually. You know, I'm probably not the best person to field questions about it. Um, I haven't worked on it at all. I've, I've heard okay. a lot of uh, discussion of it, but yeah, I might not. It's totally fine. It. Yeah. Um, but definitely there's a, a ton of excitement around that. Um, and I think people are like in the Jupiter community really um, looking forward to seeing what that, that group does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am curious, since you brought up Pandas, have you guys looked at Polars at all? I'm just curious if you've looked at other data frame package libraries. Yeah, yeah we've had requests. So Mito currently, um, you know, currently in the open source version exists just with Pandas. Um, there's some opportunity to like integrate with Polars and for it like, a, like an enterprise integration kind of deal. But uh, it's not something that we've really had like, a like specific request for other than just people asking about is this is this yeah. something available? Um, I think it's super cool though. I think it's uh, you know the idea of faster, larger data frames uh, makes a ton of sense. Like we're all about making data analysis faster and giving mm-hmm. particularly spreadsheet users access to larger data sets than they can access on a spreadsheet. So I think that's definitely something to grow to. I think the way we think about it now is more along the lines of like connecting to data sources like Snowflake, for example, where the, the larger data mm-hmm. sets exist. Yeah. Um, but Polars is cool. Yeah. And I think there's, there's some other ones out there too. Um, um, but yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely fans of them. I'm a little, I'm also just a little bit curious cause I know a bunch of people have taken Jupiter lab and they've gone off and done their own thing. Like Azure has their own notebook and I think Google Colab has their own notebook. Do you guys like plan to have any, any kind of interactivity with other notebook providers or do you just want to keep it in your own? system yeah so currently like own system like we don't we don't exist there's no like hosted mito thing it's all open source it's all local so we you know we're compatible with um uh like like jupiter jupiter lab jupiter hub okay and then do some installations for like for other like 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 stage maker type things um i think but to the to the topic of like these wrappers on on Jupyter Lab or on notebooks, I think I sort of see them in two categories. There's like the more, there's like the wrapper, which some of you mentioned, and then there's also like the proprietary notebook environments, which are still you know, very mm-hmm. notebook based, I think based on a lot of the work that Jupyter has done, but have tried to, you know, make it more like enterprise grade. Um, I think we see that yeah. with like DeepNote, for example. Um, mm-hmm. So I think those are just cool, cool companies doing notebook stuff in like the <laughs> wrapper way and also yeah. the like we're our own platform kind of way. Yeah. That's kind of what I figured, but I wondered if there was like some kind of partnership opportunity there that I wasn't thinking of. Yeah. I mean, we, I think I definitely, from my perspective, feel like we're in touch with a lot of those people know a lot of the founders in that space, have good relationships, um, are interested in partnerships when the time is right. Um, that's more like the proprietary side. And then I'd say like the embedding Mito into those like Databricks, SageMaker type things. That's more on like a, an enterprise customer on like a as requested basis kind of thing. 
Yeah. Uh, but most of our community exists in um, in Jupiter, the Jupiter products, the Jupiter environments. I'll also say, um, I know Jake mentioned Streamlit. Uh, we are integrating with Streamlit as well as Dash. Uh, so like some dashboarding mm -hmm. um, as opposed to notebooks. Um, so nice working on kind of extending it to other use cases as well. That's cool. So we've been beating around the bush for like 12 minutes now. We probably should talk about what Mito is. So yeah, sure. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, you guys take it away and tell me all about it. Yeah. Martha, do you want me to go or you want to? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay cool. Um, so Martha, so Martha, <laughs> so Mito. Uh, Mito <laughs> is a uh, spreadsheet interface for Python. So what that means is imagine you're editing Google Sheets or Excel. And each of those edits generates the equivalent Python. And you can use Mito right inside your Python environment. It's a package you call. It's a, a GUI. It actually opens up its own cell inside the notebook. Um, and so okay. if you want to import data from Excel files, CSVs, from data frames you already have, from data sources you're using, like a SQL database or Snowflake or Redshift, you can call all that into Mito without writing any code. And every edit you make on that data is going to generate the equivalent code. So within Mito, you could apply filters or you could use spreadsheet formulas, for example, the actual functions and formulas that you're used to using that same syntax from Excel. You can use, not use that in your Python environment and have the equivalent Python generated. You can make pivot tables. Uh, you can make visualizations. And again, you're generating all the code for that. So you know, we see a lot of people use this as a way to take their spreadsheet skills and transition over to Python, but also a lot of people who are still fully in Python. They're data scientists, they're data analysts, they're doing most of their work in Python. And Mito is just a faster way to get their work done because the code's generated for them and they get a visual layer on their analysis. I think we're we're big believers that the spreadsheet is the best interface for data. Um, whether you're doing that with code or without code, we think that it's the best way to work with data. So even if you're fully in Python, we see a mm -hmm. lot of people, you know, save a lot of time and do a lot better analysis by using Mito to do their to do their work. Cool. Did you want to add any comments to that, Martha? I think that summed it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's see. So you guys are big proponents of tabular data is the best way to work with, with big data. Does it, does it work with like really large data sets or? Yeah. So what we always say is if it fits in a data, it's built on Pandas data frames. So if it fits in okay. a data frame, it'll fit in Mito. Is our that's our our general rule. Okay, cool. Um, the code that it generates, how do you use that code afterwards? Yeah, do you just it, like save it or? Yeah, there's a few ways. So the, I think, and it depends on the persona a little bit. So if you're, um, so the code is all generated in a code cell below. So you'll get just a running record of everything you've done. Another benefit okay. there is there's a level of auditability you get. And two things I would add is that. Um, the code is auto-documented, which is great. So you get auto-comments mm. for everything you make, which is a really great way to, to keep a record of what you're doing. Nice. Um, so in terms, of, in terms of using the code, there are, way, there are options in the tool to actually rerun those analyses um, as sort of like a saved analysis in the tool. So let's say your process is you import some data from Snowflake or from a, a data frame you already have, and you apply a filter and you make a pivot table on that data. Within the tool, you can set up the rerunning of that code that you created by doing that process the first time to automatically replay on the second time, the updated version of the data, tomorrow's data, or next week's data, or next month's data. Um, 
There's also options to take the generated code and turn it into a function. So you can re you can re reuse that process you've made outside of the data set. Uh, sorry, outside of the um, outside of the MITRE sheet. And then I think the third way that we see that used is you're taking that code and maybe you're sending it to someone else on your team, a collaborator of yours who is maybe a more advanced okay. data scientist or um, is in charge of putting things into production. In, in that way, the code is either used or MITRE was used as sort of a prototyping tool there and as a communication mm -hmm. tool to say, these are the steps I've done. I think from like the data administrator perspective, we see a lot of value there because you can understand the steps that your like data analysts are doing, and then you can take that and put that into production as part of an ETL process if, if that's something you want to do. Cool. So who are, who do you think your biggest target audience is right now? Like what's your biggest like user group? Like data science, finance, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think in the open source community, it's very horizontal. We see people from everywhere. I see people from, academia, we see uh, biostatisticians, we see uh, people who work in tech, we see data scientists, we see financial people. But in the enterprise version, like the, the, the companies that we're working with, it's definitely financial services has been our, our bread and butter so far. Um, you know, banks, private equity firms, hedge funds, they have a lot of important spreadsheet processes that are uh, not failing, but running into a lot of problems and are really being uh, dragged down because they're in spreadsheets and not in something more rigorous. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we've taken processes and made them better by transitioning to Python and then also just saved people a ton of time in terms of automating their work. You know, we're talking about, you know, up to 30 hours a month in some cases by you know, bringing this work over to Python. Microsoft recently added support for Python in Excel. How do you think that's going to support or going to affect Mito in the future? Yeah, it's a cool question. The short answer is you can't know because who knows where that's going to go and who knows where, you know, where we're going to go based on how, where that goes. Um, but I think that the first thing I guess I would say is that I think it's cool. I think that they're, they're thinking, you know, they, th th what that, what that does supports the ethos of what we believe and why we started building this. So I think it's bringing Excel users and Python users closer together, I think is a thing that we are happy about and support. And that's the, that's the data science world we want to see. Um, I think as an immediate impact on us, it hasn't really affected us much so far. It's very new. People definitely ask us about us. I think what it's, I think that the, um, the audience is a little bit different as it is currently. So I think what that is doing is bringing Python to Excel users where we are bringing Excel uh, we are bringing um, an Excel interface to Python. So the users that we work with are normally already on the track to Python. They're, okay. early, you know, they're either very advanced, they're in the middle, or they're very early in their progression to Python. Um, and Mito makes that progress happen much faster and more seamlessly and gives them a visual uh, analysis to a, a visual interface to, to help with that progression. I yeah. think that the Excel, the Python and Excel user base is a little bit interesting because, um, you know, I think it's like people who are using, it's like people using spreadsheets and maybe they want to connect to databases that was harder to do and they can like take advantage of some Python connecting packages to do that. Mm -hmm. People who want to make more advanced visualizations using 
uh, Matplotlib or something, for example. But I think this, I still, I think a key piece there is you still need to know how to write the code as it stands currently. Um, yeah. So I think Mito is a cool tool um, to help you do that, to help you, you know, see how this code is written, generate the code for you using the spreadsheet interface you already have. So I think we see some cool opportunities to build on top of that um, and, and maybe help people um, take the work or help people take the work they're doing in Python and bring it back to Excel better. Uh, Martha's worked a lot on like our exporting to Excel functionality, like taking work you're doing in a Python environment and exporting it back to uh, what looks like a you know an Excel file if you've been working on, in that file the whole time. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But I still I still think that those users in Excel, uh, like there's still some limitations. Like if you like one of the big reasons people come to Python and that we help people come to Python is your data is too large. Like if you've overfilled like sixty thousand rows in the Excel file, like it's pretty brutal to do any kind of analysis on that on that file. So that's a great reason to come to start the transition to Python. Mito really helps with that. Um, I don't think you're, you're not going to be able to load like a 2 million line data frame in an Excel notebook. Um, you know, it's still going to be, a, the, the speed issue from my understanding is still going to be, I think, limited. I mean, they're doing it in Office 365. Um, so, you know, we'll see what sort of like performance they can give there. But um, yeah, I think, I think that's still like a limitation that I don't quite see how this, this solves that. Um, yeah, I think the audience is interesting. What do you think about it, Mike, or, or both of you? I was asking you, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's interesting that I think Microsoft has kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit because it requires you to have an Azure connection right. to run the Python code. And you know, Python. I mean, I, Python isn't that much bigger, isn't that big to just add on. You know to something that you'd install. I think mm -hmm. it's interesting they went with Anaconda for the, the back end for the Python rather than yeah. C Python. Um, but I mean, that gets them Pandas and Matplotlib and a bunch of other packages that don't come with Python. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens because I've, I've wanted to do Python in Excel pretty much since I started doing uh, Python way back in 2006. So it's cool that it's kind of available now. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I think it's definitely, I mean, Anaconda, I think it's cool. I know I know a lot of the people in Anaconda, I think it's really awesome for them specifically. I think it's just like a huge opportunity for them to like, mm -hmm. it's like there's like 400 million Excel users in the world. So for Anaconda to bring Python to those people, it's like a an awesome distri distribution opportunity for them. Yeah, it's super cool. I'm I'm hoping it help invigorates the Python community, I, even if it comes through Anaconda, kind of through the back door. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I'm just curious have have you guys had any users that have surprised you with their use cases for Mito that you can you know share with us? Yeah, I can I can talk a little bit. I'm I'm trying to think like specifically. It's um. I think I think one of the interesting things in like the early days was that um, you know before we were, it was like when when we just were like dealing with one on one people in the in the community was that we ended up talking to a lot of retired people who were learning Python in their late sixties or seventies as sort of a hobby to you know maybe they were doing a little bit of stock trading or maybe they were just 
interested. One person we were talking to did a lot of horse racing and was trying to analyze their betting data. Um, or they, they were betting on horses. They were not racing horses themselves. Yeah. My understanding. I, I could, I could, maybe they are, who knows? But, uh, uh, but I thought that was really cool to see. Like, I think that it's awesome that, that, that people, you know, post post career were picking up Python as, as a, as a hobby or just a way to like, you know, learn a new skill. I thought that was really cool. And it was awesome to like be supportive of that. And I think Mito was helpful there. Um, I think on the larger sense, the interesting thing, Martha and I were actually talking about this this morning is, so we were working on a different tool before this, which was a another tool geared towards financial services. The, one of the reasons mm-hmm. we worked stepped away from that was because like selling something to financial services is like an incredibly long sales process and like getting vetted for security and all that was brutal. It's like, can be a year you know, 18 months in some cases. So we were like, okay, what? And that was like a spreadsheet tool. So we sort of went back to the drawing board and we're like, okay, what are the problems with spreadsheets that we could solve in a more self-service, open source, one-to-one manner? Like what's something we can build a community around? The problems with spreadsheets were identified were they're slow, you can't fit a lot of data and repeatability is really hard. There's a lot of manual work to get something to be like an automated process. Um, and the thing that's really great for all those is Python. So we had the idea of let's put a spreadsheet interface on top of Python and you know, allow you to use spreadsheets in Python. Um, and then we open sourced it and you know, built a big community around it. But interestingly enough, found that finance, like unintendedly, financial services was the place that was interested in that again. So kind of very full circle, like we ended up back at these, these, same, um, these same institutions, but we were able to work with them much more easily and get in much faster and be more impactful because we were open source. Um, so it was, you know, it was a huge, a huge lesson was the value of being open source and being able to get feedback quicker and iterate faster. And so I think, yeah, it's, it's, it was just funny that we unintentionally ended up back in the same place from like the market perspective, but uh, we're, we're way more successful the second time. Well, awesome. It's been really great having you guys come on my show and talk about uh, the Mito package. I, I'm excited to try it. I hope I can find some time, you know, soon that I can actually get it installed. But for everyone else, you guys should definitely go out and check Mito. Uh, they're not sponsoring this or anything, so don't feel obligated, but you should definitely check it out because I think it's cool. Yeah, and, I appreciate it. Um, if anyone if anyone is going to check it out, I don't know, are you going to like link our website and stuff? Or Okay, cool. And you can also, I'll give you my email. Anyone can reach out to me as well if they have any questions. Sure. Um, but yeah, appreciate it. Really excited to be on here. Hope to come back sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks again. And I'll see you guys later. See ya. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Mike Driscoll, The Python Show.